Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Morning, Giles. Morning. You're, you're having a few mental health problems this week, aren't you? Yes, I mean, I'm really... Perfectly re- legit mental health problems. It's not just you being barking mad, as usual. Yesterday, you said something about the podcast and I said as a joke well I thought I'd not bother doing the podcast tomorrow and then you replied in earnestness yeah, yeah. no I don't see how we can no. do it because it's like a fucking nightmare like, you... what are we going to say and I'm never going to write again oh no exactly <laughs> I think we shouldn't and I was going to call Ben and say what are we going to do well I have come up with a few solutions to this to this problem the problem with the podcast not necessarily the problem of your uh, column not necessarily the problem of the invasion of Ukraine uh, no, I, one one of my solutions is actually a solution to that as well, which is that I've signed you up for the Ukrainian Defence Force. God, the doorbell's wrong. Is that them already? Go and get it then. Um... I was remembering that my father, when, it was in, when his journalistic career began, was in 1962 uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And he was at Berkeley University for the year. And he started finding pieces to punch. And unfortunately, I couldn't find it because I think when he died, I threw out all his old pieces. But, uh, but he, he, he was in the evacuation from San Francisco when they all left to go into the hills of San Francisco when they thought they were sort of seconds away from being nuked. My dad wrote a piece from like from the hills on his typewriter, clankety clankety clank, um, outside thing, and I was. But just, what was it about? Well, that's what I don't know, and I can't ask him. Um, ben I, was confessing yeah. before he got here that he had trouble sleeping. That when Putin said he's moving to a higher level of nuclear alert, which has now been talked down in the papers as if he doesn't actually start on such a high alert as we are. He was basically. They were like properly, it's like with wine, you bring it up out of the cellar, then you stand it vertical, then you open it, then you put it in a decanter, eventually pour it into a glass, and then you drink it. And he was like, I have in glass and my belt to drink. But actually, he's just brought them out of the cellar to come to a room temperature. But he's not actually going. But Ben was admitting that he, uh, he didn't, he looked admitting, just saying that he, and I, I, I too have been struggling with it. So I thought maybe you could do bitty stuff. It is difficult when you uh, write sort of um, light-hearted or glib, columns when something terrible is happening because the readers think you're doing it on purpose and they think how can you make jokes at a time like this and you think well because that is my job and I have to keep doing it no matter what's happening and it is annoying and it is difficult to write anything uh in an atmosphere of kind of negative anticipation 
So when you're writing and thinking, everyone's going to hate this because, or maybe they will hate this because, or everyone will say this because, it's then very difficult to sort of think clearly and have any sort of free thought. So I'm very, very sympathetic. Um, Luckily, no one reads my column. So I could write about Tom Hardy being late and like one person on Instagram said, yay, love Tom Hardy too. And I was like, that wasn't the point. The thing is, is that what happens in, there's, there's so much to say about it, but when there is a massive news story that's overtaking everything, whether my job is to address it or ignore it. And if I ignore it and make jokes, I will, I will get most people below the line all the time saying, thank you for giving us a laugh at a time yeah. like this. And we had that with Brexit and I had that with... Pandemic. Uh, the pandemic. And, and, and you will get a small handful saying, why are you making jokes at a time like this? Or mm. saying that they're not funny. Um, I wrote on Tuesday a, a notebook column with five items that were all about some level Russia, sort of taking the piss, you know, but not. And I, a woman called Vanessa Morrison complained below the line and wrote, I'm sorry, Giles, not convinced this is one of your greatest columns. Other people piled on top of her saying, what are you doing, saying this is the thing you're trying to write a column on the day that war breaks out. She then replied, in reply to those below who disagreed with me, my comment was a bit mean. I apologise, Giles. I'm not at my best at work at the moment. This is a below-the-line commentator retracting her negative comment about my column, realising the climate we're in. I'm distracted. Why should you be any different? I suppose I was really hoping for a miracle, something to really make me laugh, as Giles's words usually do. Please don't be afraid of making us laugh, Giles, even if it's a bit close to the bone. We need it, just as we need the sailor who sank his employer's yacht, the lady with the sun flower seeds, the tractor guy who stole the tank, and the brave men on Snake Island. Of course, the situation isn't funny. It's desperately, desperately sad, and it's scary. But it's at times like this that we need people like you, Giles, even more than usual. To which I replied, well, I'm glad you've rephrased your original effort. I'm afraid that I have the same sense as most people, that we are hurrying towards the end of the world quicker than even the most pessimistic among us might have thought. I fear the conclusion of everything. It is desperately scary, but my job is to write jokes. And that is how I feed my family. Today, as the convoy edges towards Kiev, I am writing another funny restaurant review for publication in 10 days' time. But will you or I be alive in 10 days? I'd say it's 50-50. I'm going over dramatic there. I think it's better. No, really? You? Over dramatic? So, on the even chance that we are, people will expect, which is different from want, to see a funny restaurant review in their Saturday paper. So I'm sitting here in my office, sad and lonely and scared, and just wanting to hug my children, trying to write it. And tomorrow... If my wife and I wake in our beds, we will record our supposedly funny podcast. And then I will write my funny column for Saturday. And for every one of these, there will be commenters who think it is their job to tell me I have failed, that I'm not funny and should have done better, or shouldn't be trying to be funny, or shouldn't be writing at all. And for once, just once, I really couldn't give a fuck what any of them thinks. Why don't you just make a column that? Okay, column, moving on from that to a column about the situation. Here's a real thing. Can it be done in a, in a Giles Coron column? I want to talk about the complainers. We talked about this briefly yesterday. You and I bitched over dinner. The, the people who thought that Brexit was the end of the world. A lot of my colleagues, a lot of the libtards, a lot of my dear, dear friends, colleagues on the papers... People, the, the Hugo Rifkins, the Marina O'Loughlin's, the, the, the good left of centre commentators, you know, Marina Hyde on the guy, who really thought that Brexit was, oh, Brexit, it's so terrible. Oh, no, Boris Johnson has come in and been the Prime Minister. It's the end of the life, life as we know it. Oh, in the same year, David Bowie's died. Oh, no. Oh, George Michael. It's like a comment from God. It's so awful. Oh, Trump's been elected in Sochi. Now we've got a pandemic. And they got so upset about people going out. Oh, he's not not wearing a mask on the train, we're all going to die. <laughs> Boo-hoo. I spent 
I spent four years saying, like, six years, I don't care about Brexit, Brexit doesn't make any difference to anything, I'm not bothered about Brexit, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, these wankers come and these wankers go, Jeremy Corbyn, it doesn't mm. really matter, let's keep on laughing, the pandemic, fuck it, now I'm prepared to admit, fuck, I can barely function. What do these people do? Where do they go? What have they got left in the tank? Who, who told you that the world is going to end? <sighs> Well, it's kind of residual, you know, because basically, you know, I am older than you and I am much older than Ben. And I spent the 80s worrying about global thermonuclear Armageddon. I have mentioned, I think, on this podcast before the moment in 1982 when on the way back from the Swiss cottage baths in the crocodile, holding hands with Nicholas Potter, known as Tiggy. Now, funnily enough, osteopath to the stars. Mm -hmm. Hi there, Nick, if you're listening, I could do with a back crunch before we all die. And we're walking along and he said, hey, Corin, because that's how we talk to each other then, what are you most scared of in the world? And I said, sharks, of course. Uh, and he, I said, what about you? And he said, global thermonuclear Armageddon. <laughs> and at that moment, basically, my childhood ended. And I then spent eight years barely able to sleep, worrying about, you know, in the early 80s, worrying, there was always on the telly, we're going to die, there's the mutual destruction, we can blow each other up a thousand times over. Um, and my mum would say, oh, don't worry, the Russians don't want to kill us because then we kill them and they love their children too. Oh, no, that was Sting who said the Russians love their children too. But anyway, all of that, all of that, and then it all became okay, and now we're fucked again. And so I've had all the nightmares, and they're all ready to go. I spent the 80s right. and most of the 90s with nightmares about mushroom clouds. But anyway, uh, you're yeah. managing to keep it together in front of the kids, though, which is uh, because which the is job great. of a father. Mm -hmm. My mum, when I used to say to her, she tucked me up in bed, like just put her fag to rest on the lintel of my desk right at the edge of the door, and then came over to kiss me goodnight before she went out uh, for dinner. And I said, "My mum, we're all going to die in a nuclear war." And the, my dad would be honking the horn outside because my mum was already half an hour late. Uh, and she'd go, "No point worrying about what you can't do anything about, or no point worrying about what you can't affect. Worrying won't help. Night, night, kiss." <laughs> Uh, and like that was and I okay fine but the job of a parent is to go it's not going to happen so Sam asked me in the car this morning as he did every morning this week dad are we all going to die in a nuclear war and I went no definitely not mm -hmm. now get out of the car while I cry Taking into account your mood yesterday mm. uh, and your your uh, concerns about what's going to go in this podcast, forget your column for your subject. You're going to have to work that out somehow in your own time. But on this podcast, what it's going to be is a quiz for you. Don't look at the answers. We might be over quite quickly, actually. Um, no, over before Christmas, that's what they said. Oleg Luzhny. This is a hard question. Uh, is a, a Ukrainian... No, an ice skating dancer. No, he's a Ukrainian from... footballer. He's a Ukrainian footballer. Cool. Goalkeeper. But who did he play... Which which London club did he play for between 1999 and 2003? He's enlisted. He's, he signed up. Oleg Luzhny. I mean, are you sure he's not the a, a kleptocrat with a massive house in Highgate? No, Arsenal. I thought you'd get that because, like, all men have an encyclopedic knowledge of all football players and where they played. Not Oleg Luzhny. If he played at QPR, I'd have been on it like a car <laughs> Okay, fine. It. We can't afford Russians. Oh, we can now. There, there has been some, some European countries have declared that they're going to ban Russian yachts from docking in their ports. As, Who, a, uh, as a move to kind didn't of... Didn't we talk about docking once pegging. before? Pegging, right. Well, in, in a Russian move, pegging will be made totally illegal. Russian, I will not peg this. Yeah, Russian docking. That doesn't sound like a good euphemism for anything, does like it? A, yeah. So the, the, in, in, in a move to make Russians feel like sort of outcasts and Russian uh, 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 billionaires in particular feel like yes, outcasts, yes, yes. so they, they, well, they're, they're saying got, you can't... They're not going to be allowed to dock there yeah. 
beautiful yachts in Poland. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice, Sardinia, Costa Smelda. Oh, really? They mean like desirable places. They haven't put it into place yet. They're thinking about it. But which oligarch owns the Solaris? (laughs) Just guess. Gordievsky. Abramovich. But that was so obvious. Was it? Who would put that in? Um, What is the national flower of Ukraine? Diafadil. It's not a oh, that's deal. Wales. Not uh, a deal. It is uh, the uh, Edelweiss. No, that's Austria. Uh, it's um, the national flower of Ukraine. Is it a flower I've heard of? Is it a dandelion? Yes. Is it a marigold? <laughs> it's, is it a, it's yellow. Is it a buttercup? Like very much butter. It's a but, sunflower. No, what? Don't say. Is it a sunflower? Yes. <laughs> sunflower. Can you name any of the bands who've pulled out of their rush, the Russian legs of their tours this year? Oh, the Beatles. Oh, you mean the names, <laughs> not Ukrainian bands? No, I mean... Tears for Fears. Spiondel Ballet. But it was demonstrating when my interest in pop music stopped. Uh, sorry, the bands who are no longer playing... Well, what, and is, ain't going to play Moscow, ain't going to play Sun City. Not playing anywhere. No, no, Who's not playing? Sun ba- City, band, is that in South Africa? Ain't going to play right. Sun City was a song that was sung by, like, Bruce Springsteen and people. Right. Uh, Cliff actually went to play Sun City, as did Queen. Uh, anyway, who's not going to play in Moscow? I have not heard of any bands at all. I don't know. The, the, who are, who are those ones with the beards? Who, the, there's the posh <laughs> ones. That, Top. <laughs> no, the, 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 no, I'm thinking of ZC Mumford or whatever they're called. Mumford and Sons. Where, where they, one of them got chucked yeah, out of the band for yeah, yeah, yeah. tweeting he liked a book or something. Jordan Peterson, yeah. How did I score on your Ukrainian Zero. Quiz? Right. I wonder how listeners did at home. I fucking switched off the radio. Falling asleep. Completely appalled. There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Mm-hmm. 
Run Fest Run is the UK's ultimate running festival and it's back this May, just 20 minutes from Reading. Join me, Vassos Alexander, Chris Evans, Paula Radcliffe and other running royalty as we run by day and party by night with Sophie Ellis-Bexter, Top Loader, Basement Jacks and so many more. Tickets on sale at runfestrun.co.uk Interestingly, in a story unrelated to uh, Russia... Which you some- have somehow made all about Russia. But no, because it's, the story was London is the wealth capital of the world. They'd obviously prepared this story before we started I, to... I read that as London is, has named the most desirable city. This is, a, this is, this is a, a report produced by Knight Frank, who describes himself... As global property consultants, I thought they were fucking estate agent like Foxtons. Anyway, never mind. Yes, no, They've produced right. the wealth report that has named London the, the world's most desirable city, edging just ahead of New Knight York. Frank, the estate agents have managed to get property sales into the paper. With mm, yeah, funnily enough. Yeah. No, no, there's one. There's some actual... Pro- that now they're trying to expropriate all this Russian stuff, possibly Abramovich offloading his house in yep. Kensington Park Gardens and, and, and another one at Canary. And it's on the 15 million I'm hoping to snap 150 million, darling. Is it God damn. You see, I, this is, that's so funny and that's so perfect because I go on this thing my wife doesn't really care about numbers I go how much was the chicken she goes I don't know 12 pounds 9 pounds sure it's 150 yes my darling is like if it was 15 million pounds we would buy it well I was going to say <laughs> we probably wouldn't we'd still get, if it was 15 million pounds we could offer 15 pounds yeah exactly so, my wife wants to buy it for 1 pound 50 we'll put down she a deposit really we'll put down a deposit it's of, a billion pounds we'll, no it's 150 to 170 million yeah okay we can't even put down a deposit my love and I don't live in Kensington Park, okay? Because no, your neighbours are all fucking Russians as well. What was so? What's in, okay? So okay. So look, London is the wealth capital of the world, and I thought, fine, funny. I did a billionaires column, a billionaires row column, a few years ago. Yeah, Hamza Gun Suburb, right? And how grim it is. Which I can't repeat because it's cut out and pinned to the downstairs live at your parents' house, so yeah. they, they for one will notice. They will notice. But about how? Why would anyone want to live in billionaires row? And I thought you could imagine London as a city of billionaires. I was thinking yada yada. They did this without reference to Russia, and then now, obviously, we're talking about getting rid of the Russian houses. And I thought, okay, that brings us back to billionaires row. Abramovich setting up Kensington Palace Gardens, 150 to 170 million. And I was going to ask a number of things like, okay, so we're going to make. Abramovich go. One or two estate agents have said they might not handle the sale, by the way. I love the fact that estate agents have seen a possibility to, to be slightly less bad than Putin. You know, the, <laughs> obviously, they really want to sell the house because they can make yeah. Because the 2% of 150 million, is of course, is, they can make 3 million pounds just boom, just like that. But they think, oh, I might, I might not actually have. Well, I might, actually, I will. I will. I will. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but I sort of shouldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, and so, I'm thinking. So, but the point I'm saying, okay, we get rid of Abramovich. The house is on sale for 170 million. Everybody, who do you think's going to buy it? A doctor, a teacher. Who the fuck do you think's going to buy? It? Do you know who owns all the other houses? China. Well, I was going to say they've moved to China. I was going to say Saudi Arabia. The Saudis yeah. own most of Bishop's Avenue, who are funding a war in Yemen. So it's like it's 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 a bit like if you get rid of Vladimir Putin, who's next? I mean, Alexei Navalny strikes me as being an all right guy. He can't afford a house in Kensington Park Gate, though. That's the thing. Yeah, Navalny, lovely. He can come and live in Kentish Town. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Navalny could have a dacha in uh, in Gospel Oak while running Moscow, running Russia as a democracy, which is just really nice for, like, gay people, ethnic minorities, Mm -hmm. Jews. Mm -hmm. Everybody will be really happy there. Um, No, so all I wanted to say is if you were doing the thing, it's there is a column, that is a column, and it can be at my end of the scale. If, 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 If the Russians are made to... Take all the houses. Who are you going to give it to? Where do you think wealth comes from? How do you right. accrue 170 million? We have to dismantle what we think of 
as 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 good and desirable we this we we love money we love greed we love everything it's all great if you do that the people at the top are all bad i would have said the only one who's okay is jk rowling and half the world thinks that she's a turf and probably worse than a russian Mm -hmm. so so uh you know there is no way of having that money and being good so will the houses we have to bring all the prices will they come back to us you know you're sounding quite... I've gone mad, Esther. You're sound, you sounding quite Banksy about all of this. Oh, yeah, man. I wouldn't like to do some stencils I, on the I don't want to say... Things. Actually, he's from Bristol, so he top, top probably... Roy, Roy, I'm go, Roy. Oh, right, is he from Bristol? Because that brings Bristol. me to a story. Oh, we've got a really good story for some light relief. All right. Where I can use this accent. I can take it over. And you, Ben, it's no offence to you. I know that you don't come from places like this. I bain't <laughs> taking the mickey out of yous. Now, I've got a story here, Tuesday, March the 1st. This is now, I'm now in the manic phase. Uh, you'll notice you really before are. I'll start crying later. There's a story here, rural men urged to share their problems, okay? So, <laughs> I shouldn't read it in People this voice, not- but I will. It's from Will Humphreys, who's our countryside correspondent. I imagine it's Will, I imagine Will Humphreys is the countryside correspondent. I imagine Will talks more like this, but anyway. Um, men in isolated rural communities are being urged to talk about... Sorry, I'm going to make a joke. Can I just do a trigger warning here? I'm going to make a joke about mental health problems. Okay. I don't think mental health problems are funny. God knows I suffer from all of them. Yours are very funny. Yeah, that's well, true. It's my, but other people's aren't, okay? So basically, um, men in rural places uh, are being urged to talk about mental health problems after a survey showed they were less likely to seek support than men in the city. And I thought we had to try and get um, uh, help and counselling to people in the countryside. The note I've written is, I be re sad about that there potato <laughs> weevil. And I thought to myself, what the chaps in the countryside get really, really sad about. Like, People not closing gates. The price of cider. Not closing gates, for example. Townies moving in with their stupid half-trained dogs that bite my sheep on the ankle. The problem, of course, we know about the problems of being a farmer. And we know that that's really depressing and all that kind of a thing. Yeah. But like, I would hope that you could skirt round the idea of... Um, uh, of uh, the, you can't make a joke about mental health, can you? I don't think there's any way of writing that column without writing being it massively distasteful. Or it'd be about to rain. Oh no! And they're not sad about turnips or people not closing gates. And I just don't really think that you can. <laughs> but that's like that's funny. You're ab- look. You're absolutely completely right, and I'm determined that Ben should leave this in. It, it, it's tastefully edited. You're absolutely right, and here we are. What can you make jokes about, and what not make jokes about? And what can I, Giles Corrin, who's allowed to be a bit naughty, but we hope isn't disgusting? What can I say? My first thought is it's funny. I go, bait no use worrying about the potato weevil. Can't do nothing about it. Right. You know, all beer, price of cider, but and he's left No, I think that. But when you, but in the fact is, I'm making a, I'm laughing about a stereotype, trying to tell myself that I'm not prey to the stereotype Mm -hmm. and then we talk about it and we realize no mental health issues in the countryside are serious Mm -hmm. it's not suitable for me to make jokes about because we know about suicide amongst farmers you would also you would love to be a farmer if someone paid you this salary to be a farmer you'd go and be a farmer yes i know but i'd be the most miserable farmer that's ever been okay so the world's most charismatic leader yeah. Is a comedian. Yes. <laughs> election pamphlets for some British comedians who might want to stand for election. Okay. Because Zelensky, you know, he's a comedian and, you know, he's brilliant and he's funny and he's clever and he's got a good set to say. So I was just thinking of things like David Walliams. Um, what, what, what's their pitch? 
Right, okay, fine. So, so David Walliams, if we come yeah. to global war, we obviously need a comedian running us, David Walliams, who could do things like, he could write, you know, Vlad and his smelly poos yeah, yeah. for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone would go, ooh, and he could dress up as a lady. Yeah. Uh, and Or something like that. Or Reginald D. Hunter, who could just talk really slowly. I didn't even know deeply. that you knew who Reginald D. Hunter was. He's the one, like, literally, all my thoughts are about things like Morecambe and Wise. And little <laughs> enough, the fuck, I need a modern comedian. And I and I, I did a show once with Reginald D. Hunter. Yeah. And I was fucking furious about it. I did a show, I did Richard Bacon's Beer and Pizza Club. Yeah. I was on this show with fucking... Reginald D. Hunter and Russell Kane. Yeah, oh God. And me. And and Richard, who's a mate of mine who got me on the show, who knows who pulled out fucking RuPaul. But got me on the show because someone had pulled out. And I, oh, don't worry, it's not that. He just chat and stuff. And I went on and like, I'm a funny guy. You can't be a funny guy. Think I'm a funny guy. Think I'm a clown. No, I'm a funny guy. Okay, I can do TV. Quite difficult. Russell Kane, who's like, high energy comedian. Da, da, da. Yeah. And Reginald D. Hunter. I mean, I can't do his voice. But, you know, Reginald D. Hunter doesn't say anything that funny, but he, he says it's so deep and so slow and he has such great timing that he just fucking, I just felt like a twat every time I had to speak. Going and he, up again. So I just thought Reginald D. Hunter could be the prime minister talking in a really slow, deep voice and scaring the fuck out of Putin. I like Reginald Jimmy Carr. If we want to hasten, yes, I mean I don't know. It's like there's a Jimmy Carr. If Jimmy Carr was prime minister, woo-hoo. Michael McIntyre just really, 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 and then and then I'm into Russia. I was running around and I just up and down the stage, walking, 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 and then I got into my car and I had to go on the score. Oh, waitress, those things, those waitress centrals, and ooh, hummus, yeah, marvelous, oh, lovely. And I went to Russia ooh, on holiday in a swimming pool. Oh. I wonder if that that column is going to be heavy lifting. Yeah, I've got another one here which I've written. My my pain, my my lead in is another shit Batman movie. Right. So they yeah. made another shit Batman movie, very yeah. funny review by Kevin Mayer, yeah. who liked it less than the person I read in the mail, who quite liked it three stars. Uh, but, but Kevin gave it two stars. Uh, and he pointed out it was brilliant. Because I started to think, how do you make it? I immediately read the big in the headline, I thought, right, shit, Matt, how do you make a good Batman movie? And yeah. I thought of funny ways to make Batman. I can do a Batman script, you know, Gotham 2022, da da da, and Batman goes. Well, they in. made two good Batman movies they made Batman and Batman Returns. Which are you talking about? Michael you say, Keaton. You said, yes. Was it called? Yes. They, they were brilliant. Okay, but look, the point, that, the point that Kevin Mayer made that was genius was he says it's, he talked about the Lego Batman movie. Yes. He said, <laughs> he said you do Lego where he talks like that and then he's got a song and the song, I can't remember, but the song, the song goes dark, even darker, uh, <laughs> dead mom. Uh, and, and it's like, and he goes, and then Matey, whoever it is who's directed um, this one, has come along and basically made the Lego Batman movie but not played it for laughs. <laughs> Uh, and that's and then I thought, oh well, he's done the joke about how do you make a good Batman movie? Is you make it out of Lego? What we need is the Lego Russian invasion of Ukraine. Yep. Do you notice the BBC has pulled strictly from Russia? Yes. No, they they've pulled. They they're not allowing them to because obviously yes. Russia just franchised it. But strictly, they every everyone's everyone is just and and what you see more every time they, the new ones come in, I think. That's really going to hurt. The Taekwondo Federation yes. has stripped Putin of his honorary black belt, oh, seventh dan in Taekwondo. He's very that as well. He's very He likes his Taekwondo yeah. black belt. And also it. Apple products. Apple products are going to stop supplying Apple products. And, and Apple really do, like, run the world. Like, they really do. That's quite, that's a listicle. Yeah, that's quite yeah. good. Tropicana juice. <laughs> that's quite funny. Sunny that delight. could be other things that have got to boycott. Uh, uh, um, what other, sa- soft toilet roll. So they have to use scratchy stuff from the 70s. One other thought. Uh, possible actual column, if I do write a column. Story in the Mail and the Times about the classics. 
people who've decided the classics are too much hard work to read. Uh, and um, I feel like we do this story every week. I don't think we wrote about it. So that's what I was going to no, ask you. You didn't write about it, but we do have talked about I it. I know. But I'm just wondering about an actual comment. So it's, half of Britain's haven't read the books. I noticed that they, they interview these people who all claim not to have read anything, and then 95% of them said that War and Peace was the most boring book. And in fact, none of them have read it, obviously, but they yeah. all just say it's the most boring book. The point was, oh yes, and it's this sentence in the Daily Mail, the dullest classic was judged to be Leo Tolstoy's 1869 novel War and Peace, which was voted for by 51% of those surveyed. First of all, they haven't read War and Peace. Yeah. Also, there's a book about Russia at war. Yeah. It's a funny time to be saying that War and Peace is boring, isn't it? Yes. I yes. could write a column. But there's a whole thing about Tolstoy I, is that Tolstoy is not boring. Why don't I? Yeah, exactly. It's just very long. It's just very long. And why don't, but why don't I write? But the main thing is you read War and Peace and you skip the war bits, don't you? Because the piece is what's interesting. Uh, yeah. I could write a proper piece about War and Peace, the novel, and what it can teach us about the war now. I would Do have, you actually know, though? Nope. And I'd have to reread it and I'm not going to because it's too long and boring. Fine. Uh, um, so this is, this is almost like, this, this podcast is almost like, Columns you could write if you knew loads of different things and had loads All of time. All my columns are that. <laughs> all my columns are, if I knew anything at all yeah. and had loads of time, exactly. I would do this. But as it is, as it here's is, a list of comedy things we I could have ban. I have got three hours Russia. and this is what you can have. Three? <laughs> You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. To find out what I wrote about in the end, you can pick up a copy of The Times or get a digital subscription. Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin Has No Idea. You can listen to us on The Times radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.